Hey, Don. Yeah, Sam? What's the word? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is giving up hope for a better past. Where'd you hear that? I I heard heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. We say Sam. How you doing, Donnie? It's all I good. got a question for you. Hmm? I'm going to do it in my old-timer voice. <laughs> okay, I'll answer in my old-timer voice. <laughs> How do we categorize people's time in AA? Because, you know, we do it a lot. I we mean, do. there's like newcomer and old timers and middle timers and with timers and long timers are there short timers i mean <laughs> time for timer that's a gen x reference so i mean what do you think about all these titles and are there some that we didn't throw out well, there not, well, i think about short timer is the short timer i've got on my anger problem <laughs> <laughs> I've been known to have a short timer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's useful to have categories in terms of just figuring out, like, who's going to be treasurer. I don't know that I want a brand newcomer to be the treasurer of my home group and be responsible for all the money. You know, that's that's a really good, for a couple of reasons. I mean, maybe someone we don't even know yet. You know, but you you bring up a really good point in some of the guidelines in the super secret service manual and also in some of the pamphlets like the group. It offers some suggestions for the amount of time. I think it does in the group yeah. pamphlet, but it, yeah. it offers some suggestions for the amount of time that someone should be sober before taking on the position. And a lot of it comes because there's a bit of a challenge in serving in some of these positions, too, that requires a bit of growth and stability that you want to have. Mm -hmm. However, we've talked before about the chips and the counting of how long we're sober being both a blessing and an obstacle. Mm -hmm. It can be very encouraging. It was encouraging to me when I was new that to gather up the days and get a reward of getting a chip. You know, when I got 30 days and oh, oh boy, I'm going to get a 90 day chip and On the other hand, for someone who's gone out and comes back in, it can be defeating to pick up a chip. That was my experience. So when I first got started, it was a series of 30-day chips that I was picking up. Start over chips and 30-day chip. Start over chip and 30-day chip. And it really was defeating. But I respect an old-timer in AA if they are exhibiting recovery. Bingo. Then I respect their experience in AA and I can look to it as a guide, you know, I I want a sponsor who has experience in AA. Agreed. So in those instances to have an old timer or long timer, however you use it, you can respect somebody's experience. And obviously wisdom comes from experience. Provided this is someone who is demonstrating that they actually have what I want. Because as so succinctly put by Philip, who was there for me when I started over, when I did my reset in 2012, Mm -hmm. um, he was someone who had gone through some relapses as well after having time. And he told me this one thing that stuck, and that is time is not a tool. 
The steps are the tool. The steps are the tools. Time is what you get from having worked this program and not drinking. You know, with some time, there is a rather reasonable assumption that someone with 20 years of sobriety is probably not at as great a risk of taking a drink today as someone with five days. Mm -hmm. They've got experience living sober. So, you know, I'm not discounting time sober, but that time doesn't keep you sober and it doesn't guarantee that you've got what I want. So we have a veteran on today (laughs) who's going to answer a question from (laughs) someone new in AA. So we've got an old timer Uh answering a question from a newcomer. Or is it a pigeon? Oh, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. No, 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 no. (laughs) But, you know, just like I learned a long time ago from you that the word God was a fantastic shorthand for, for naming something. We've got to have something so that we can communicate. And it just makes it simpler to say that we've got an old timer answering a newcomer's question. And everybody knows what we mean. So today we have Chris, a long timer, answering (laughs) a question from Hayden about Zoom meetings. But first, let's get to know Chris a bit. Grapevine does not accept donations, but you can offer your support by making a purchase at store.aagrapevine.org or by the Carry the Message gift certificates to sponsor Grapevine subscriptions for alcoholics in need. That's store.aagrapevine.org. Hi, my name is Chris and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Chris, thanks for joining us. Chris, when did you get sober? Uh, My sobriety date is July 20th, 1985. What was going on with you that made you feel like you needed to go to an AA meeting? Well, the previous year on July 1st, 1984, I got married. We were both by then pretty serious drunks. Uh, My wife, Susan, checked herself into treatment that December. So I like to say I, I helped her with her drinking and I drove her to recovery. (laughs) she checked herself into treatment and then I went to their family week and they said wow we have a bed for you if you'd like one (laughs) that's rude what on earth are you talking about and so they gave me an exam and I'm really good at exams I passed the exam with flying colors I got all the answers right are you an alcoholic yes 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 (laughs) yes 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 and yes I said, I'm not interested in treatment, but they pulled something out of the big book. They challenged me to quit on my own, try quitting for a year and see what happens. So Hmm. I uh, did what any good alcoholic would do. I went home and quit my job because that was my problem. (laughs) So every couple of weeks I would quit drinking and then I would find myself at lunch drinking with someone. I decided that the math worked out that if if I could quit for two weeks, I could obviously just multiply that by 26 and that's a year. Oh, that makes sense. So you kind of took a sample. This is the way. It's a scientific way of doing things. Yes. Yeah. I was doing my own experiment on myself and I discovered I was more and more miserable until July 19th when I found myself, I literally woke up from a blackout in a bar I wouldn't go to drinking with a person I would not drink with with open evidence that we had consumed a great number of boilermakers at that table in that bar. I had a new job by then. We were three hours late back from lunch, and I was too drunk to go back to work. 
But I was also somehow stone cold sober in the moment because I realized I'd been living in a blackout for about six months. So the next day I crushed, defeated. I went into AA. Wow. What a moment of clarity. That seems pretty shocking. Well, it was also shocking that my wife, who was shockingly still my wife, was getting sober and going to AA meetings. So I had this terrible influence at home, terrible (laughs) influence on my drinking, um, encouraging me to go the other direction. Did you go to a treatment center or did you just go into AA? I walked into an AA club. Mm -hmm. It's called York Street. It's in Denver, Colorado. That's the way I got sober. I just started going to meetings. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I also wasn't in a position to pay for treatment. So yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. So AA, yeah. AA was a dollar. <laughs> you Thank <know>? you. <laughs> I looked at treatment and I was no way I could afford it. I remember calling one of the local treatment centers drunk, of course, and wanting some help and it just wasn't going to happen. I think that treatment centers are good. I mean, I couldn't do it. But I can see the value in taking you out of your life oh, and yeah. you have nothing to worry about for 28 days except getting sober. But it is possible to do that, just go into meetings, but it takes an enormous amount of surrender. Yeah. Well, she needed to get taken out of my life so I could drink all the alcohol in the house while she was gone. That, that, <laughs> she needed the house cleared of alcohol. So that, that nothing, nothing else. She got that, but she got a lot out of treatment. Everybody I've known has gotten a lot out of treatment, but I didn't go that way. So what was the most difficult thing, Chris, that AA asked you to do at the beginning there that seemed crazy, but you did it and found that it was really helping you to stay sober? Well, at first I was just kind of in shock. So I just started going to meetings, you know, and I just kept my mouth shut and listened to what people had to say. Somehow, somewhere in the middle of all that, I realized that I was in those meetings. I felt calm and they had used the serenity prayer. So I heard the words there and I realized a couple months in that I had felt this was the only place I'd ever actually felt what I thought they were calling serenity. So at that point, after the shock and after the first experience of serenity, I was willing to do whatever they said, because I could see what whatever it was they were doing, it was working. The hardest thing for me was the God thing, honestly. I had grown up with a sort of force-fed religion. I had no desire to go the religious route. As a matter of fact, at first I thought it was some kind of cult, like they were going to make me sell Amway products or something like that me after too. a year. What it turned out to be was something completely different from that, neither religious nor cult-like, but rather just real people talking about their real lives who happened to have this intruder that had destroyed them, alcohol. You know, they said, you don't have to believe in God, just believe there's some kind of power greater than yourself. And that was enough for me to hang on to. Which got me to harder things, right? The inventory, the amends, all that stuff is even harder, actually. I don't think I could have done any of that stuff without some kind of leeway on the higher power thing. Like, let me just not have to believe in something specific, but just believe that some power greater than the willpower I'd clearly been destroyed by could get me somewhere different. That freedom is crucial to this program, I think. You know, if if that had not been in place, that would have been an obstacle that I would not have surmounted, I don't think. Yeah, me neither. Well, it's the opening. And really, in AA, it seems to me that a higher power can be 
anything that's as long as it's not me, something outside of myself. Bingo. Because self-will, I proved, doesn't work to stay sober. It's time for Ask the Old Timer. Got a question for an old timer? Call in and record it at 212-870-3418 or email it to podcast at aagrapevine.org. You can find these and more at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. And now let's ask the old timer. Chris, this is Hayden and he has actually a barrage of newcomer questions. Let's have a listen. I'm Hayden, and I'm an alcoholic and uh, just brand new to AA, and uh, just had a couple of questions as far as how this whole thing works. Went to the website and found a couple of meetings that looked interesting. So what happens when I hit that join meeting when I'm on Zoom? You know, what exactly is going to happen in the meeting, and, and what is expected of me in that meeting? Do I have to say anything during that meeting? And then a couple other questions I've got. First of all, I'm kind of worried about anonymity a little bit. Do I have to turn the camera on? And then uh, something that's pretty important, too, is what happens if, if I recognize someone in the meeting? Um, how do I react about that? What, what should I do with that information? And probably the most important thing about it is, you know, what am I going to get out of the meeting? Um, is, is there something because I've told myself that I don't want to drink? And I have a real problem doing that. And, and what is going to happen in this AA meeting or potentially could happen that's going to keep me from drinking, that's going to be able to let me keep my promise to myself and not drink tonight or you know, in the future? Well, hello, Hayden. Um, first of all, it sounded like you wanted to know about joining a Zoom AA meeting, which is a unique feature of the last couple of years of pandemic. Um, we started doing this almost immediately once we were locked down. And what those of us who were doing the Zoom meetings discovered very quickly that we, it's a fairly simple process once you get the hang of it. If you've done any kind of Zoom meeting at all, you'll just enter into a Zoom room. Sometimes the host has to let you in first, but you'll enter into a room full of people you've never met. Um, it is true that you might recognize someone there. If you do, you can trust that they're there for the same reason you are. Once years ago, and uh, when I was first sober, I, I went to an AA meeting at lunchtime during my work hours, and it was three blocks from my workplace. I walked in there one day, and of course, there was someone there from my office. What are the odds? Well, apparently pretty good. And we both looked at each other, and I was at first shocked, like, and he said, not to worry, we're here for the same reason. And I suddenly had a new friend at work, a person who was my comrade. We walked to the meeting together after that. Um, so trust that the anonymity of AA works because it works in all directions. People are no more willing to break your anonymity than they are willing to have you break yours. So I knew you had a little bit of a question about anonymity in the meetings. We keep it inside the meeting things that you say and things that you do in meetings are confidential and no one will spread those rumors about you. As far as a Zoom meeting, you go in and you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. They'll 
the host will ask you if you would like to introduce yourself, but there are no requirements. The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. You don't have to say who you are. You don't have to turn on your camera if you don't want to. You have pure choice in all of this. But I think you'll find over time that you're going to want to turn on your camera. You're going to want to share your own experience, strength, and hope, which is what you're going to hear in the meetings. And for me, the meetings have been probably the most important part of my recovery. I found in AA meetings, both live and Zoom, that I am able to share from my heart what is really going on in my life. At first, it was all about how can I stop drinking? But over time, it became how can I deal with my life sober? And what you're going to hear is people talking about both of those things, but mostly the focus will end up being on managing and dealing with your life sober without having to drink. And we do this all one day at a time, one meeting at a time. When I was first sober, I went to three, four, five meetings a day. And that was having to drive around a big city to do it. But I had nothing better to do. Honestly, I'd spend a lot more time than that drinking every day. My first sponsor pointed out to me that if I spent half the effort on not drinking that I spent on <laughs> drinking, I would yes. be sober easily. One tenth would probably do it. So I'm um, thinking about all the time I spent thinking about procuring, figuring out how to procure, procuring and drinking and figuring out what to do afterward. We go to a, we go to a park in our local town to take our dogs for a walk every morning. And we see the, what we call the drive of shame on Saturday morning, which is people recycling glass from their Friday night party. And it's really almost always beer and wine and liquor bottles coming out of those cars. Um, we don't have to do that anymore. They look hungover. I don't. That's one great thing that I've gotten from this. Um, I don't have to be hungover anymore. I don't have to wonder what I did yesterday or last night. I don't have to worry about having not knowing that I had angered somebody in my life um, or hurt somebody in my life because I'm fully aware of everything I'm doing. That was not true when I was drinking. So the answer to the question of what you can expect to get out of AA for me is a whole new life and a whole new way of life and the best friends I've ever made. The other, the bonus that I got from joining Alcoholics Anonymous was I found the people that were like me in this world. It doesn't mean we agree on everything, but we share a common bond, a common journey and a common language. And we talk about things that matter. I've been in the best, the best conversations I've ever had in my life. And I've been around a little while have been with people in Alcoholics Anonymous by far. We also throw the best funerals <laughs> for some reason. It's true. It's really amazing. But I, I've heard the funniest, most uproarious funeral stories in Alcoholics Anonymous. Not, nothing like the somber events that you've seen, you will see elsewhere. Um, so, and even, uh, we even know how to party in the best way, which is without being intoxicated and um, with our head in the toilet. Yes, indeed. Well, I mean, we're still alcoholics, you know, yeah. I love hanging out with alcoholics. I yeah. just want to hang out with alcoholics who aren't drinking today. I used to hang out with drinking alcoholics and we partied our butts off too. Sober, uh, <laughs> sober alcoholics maintain that crazy energy. We are <laughs> enthusiasts. <laughs> yes, we know how to have fun. 
Oh, this is something I would add about anybody going into a meeting. If you haven't been to an AA meeting, you're going to find people laughing <laughs> at things you think are really tragic or why the heck are they laughing about that? What is going on here? And the truth is, all I can say is I have laughed more in AA meetings than anywhere else. And I finally got on to why we were doing it. And it's really simple. Laughter is, in fact, one of the best medicines you can take in this world. It's one of the best things you can do for your mood, for your recovery, for your life, for for everything. You just got to laugh. And also, you're not going to find anybody that hasn't done things you've done or worse. Yes. You might think you're a bad person or something like that, and you're unwilling to share the worst things you've done. <laughs> there is always somebody that's just <laughs> done exactly the same things you've done or worse. And you, and, and you think, okay, yeah. okay. I'm not. <laughs> and there's freedom in that identification with someone. And I love it when I'm listening to a fifth step, which is listening to someone who's written their personal inventory and sharing it with a sponsor or with someone else. And listening to that, they're terrified and they're, and they're ashamed to share this thing. And it's so wonderful when I can say, honestly, I did that. You don't have to be that person anymore. Yeah. You're not alone. No one, I think, yeah. is comfortable walking into their first AA meeting. I certainly wasn't. Um, I th- Don, how is it you put it? We're the, the largest organization in the world of people who never wanted to belong to it. <laughs> None of us wants to do this when we're walking in, but it gets easier and it gets easier quickly. As soon as I stopped running out of the meeting and actually started to get to know some people, it got so much easier because I became a part of this group of people who were trying to live the way that would work. And that way was open to me too. I was terrified to go to my first meeting. Now I cannot wait to go to a meeting. I love meetings. So there's a difference there, right? How long do I have to go to meetings? Until you want to. I want to talk a little bit about anonymity because it's a confusing topic for people. Even in AA, it can be confusing. And where it's mentioned, let me get the tradition. Where it's mentioned is tradition 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I thought anonymity meant it was secret, that AA was kind of a secret society. What can you say about this, Chris? Well, I think anonymity is really about putting those principles before personalities. It's it's not as important to me that you're a celebrity alcoholic as it is that you're an alcoholic who happens to be a celebrity. When I lived in Denver, there were several local celebrities and even a national and an international celebrity that came through town and showed up at our meetings. Everybody knew who they were. They weren't anonymous, but they were just Eric and John and Dave and Samantha. They were not important in that sense. We're all the same here. For me, the anonymity here means we're all on a level playing field. Now, that doesn't mean that I there aren't places out in the world where I want my reputation to be protected, but I only out myself at work because the work I do is based on reputation. And I was advised early on by an alcoholic who happens to have my same profession. 
only to put yourself out there if you can be helpful. And I recently had an experience with that. I was able to help a colleague whose stepson they were doing an intervention on, and I was able to help her and her stepson. I had known her for a long time. I revealed to her for the first time that I'm a recovering alcoholic because I thought it would help. But I'm not, I'm not walking around the office spouting AA stuff. I use the principles. I practice the principles in all my affairs, but I don't put myself out there as the face of AA. And that's the other place it comes in. In the earlier traditions, it talks about anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. That's why we're not telling everybody who we are, where we are, and everything. I'm not giving you my biography on this show. I'm Chris, and I'm an alcoholic. Because it doesn't matter which Chris. What matters is I'm a sober alcoholic who's talking about recovery. What if a student shows up at a meeting that you're in? (laughs) Oh, I went into an open meeting here in Greensboro one night. And open AA meetings are open to anyone. So very often students from the university will go to observe for a class. So they send them to open AA meetings to observe for a class in human development or psychology So I walked into this AA meeting and there were six students in a row that were my (laughs) students in another class at at that time. And they're like, Dr. P, what are you doing here? And I say, "Um, probably not the same thing you're doing here. They go, well, we're here to observe for a class. I said, well, you're here to observe (laughs) me and all my friends. I hope you enjoy. And they looked at me with a little bit of shock. And then they went, Oh, okay. And then after the meeting, they came up to me and they said, wow, this is really cool. This is after you've been sober for a long time. You know, if that had happened to me early in sobriety, I would have been really shaken. Well, and that's the purpose of having the two different types of meetings. I mean, there's many other types, but they all have one characteristic of being either open or closed. And as Chris Mm -hmm. said, open meetings are available for anyone who wants to learn some more about Alcoholics Anonymous. But a closed meeting is specifically for people who have a desire to stop drinking. Right. I knew walking in that there was a possibility that there would be somebody I would know that wasn't an alcoholic. There is always that possibility in an open meeting. If you're in a closed meeting, a different story. Coming in new, I was much more sensitive to it. In fact, I would like, I remember going to a church where I had information that there was a meeting there and I didn't know what door to walk in. There were lots of doors into this building. I had no idea where it was. And as I got out of the car, I'm going, oh no, I'm going to have to ask someone where this Alcoholics Anonymous meeting is. And then they're going to know that I'm an alcoholic. And I was like, really worried about it. (laughs) Now I freely will say that I'm an alcoholic to just about anyone because I am comfortable with it. And my drinking career I don't look at that as who I am anymore. Mm. So it changes over time the longer you're sober. It does. But I also remember walking into those meetings in the, the beginning. Lots of people knew that I had a problem with my drinking. I had a concern that people would know that I was trying to do something about it. Yes, <laughs> that's I know. <laughs> I know, me too. That's funny. Just a clue for new people, at least now that you can't smoke inside. If you're looking for an AA meeting at a church, just look for the cluster of smokers standing outside. Chances are good. They're alcoholics and they're waiting to go into the meeting at the last minute. There you go. 
Chris, thanks so much for being on and answering the question. Chris, it's great to see you. Thank you. Oh, man. say the speaker is some young new guy to the area never heard him before my name is jefferson s and i'm an alcoholic hey, jefferson. i graduated from harvard law school i was appointed ambassador to china and was awarded the nobel peace prize for my diplomacy and then the pulitzer prize for my book by golly, this fellow's been places. Now we got somebody. And continued drinking for four more years. Then I joined AA. And my sponsor told me to quit telling lies. <laughs> it's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org.